Welcome to the Handyman Pros Radio Show, home improvement and maintenance tips from the pros. This episode, Inspector Clouseau, a candid interview with a home inspector. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Handyman Pros Radio Show, where our goal is to help you save time, money, and aggravation. This edition is entitled Inspector Clouseau, a candid interview with a home inspector. To help me explain, I'm here with my ever-cheerful co-host and old buddy, John. John, what you been doing this week? Hey, Larry, how you doing? Oh, unbelievable. Oh, fantastic. That covers it both ways, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> yep great to be uh great to be back here and uh doing this uh doing this podcast this week i uh have uh, done some work over at uh neighbor's house and i want to describe it as uh, wood rot of course and yeah. and figuring out some uh some hardwood floor issues so i will keep everybody informed of that that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun oh tons of so let me ask you a question <laughs> are, are are these people getting their house ready to sell uh, they are. That is the. That is really the goal that they're they're after right now. How do you? Why, why do you ask? Well, it's absolutely a perfect lead-in to our discussion with our oh, friend is. Chris Kennedy, who is a home inspector here in the North Atlanta area. And we pre-recorded this, and folks, we want to just say, and a candid in, uh, discussion with a home inspector, how you can use it both to to uh, sell your house, to actually find out what's wrong when, when you sell the house. Plus, when you buy a new house, you have a, a great list. So here it is. This week on the Handyman Pros Radio Show, we're interviewing a home inspector. We feel this can bring some value to our listeners. Hey, John, who are we talking to today? Hey, Larry. Uh, yes, today we're going to be talking with Chris Kennedy of Kennedy Home in Inspection here outside of uh, North Atlanta. And uh, Chris... Welcome to the show. We really appreciate uh, coming on the show and spending a little time with us. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate being on this side of the podcast. I'm usually just a listener. Awesome. <laughs> so at least you know what a podcast is. That's a it's a start, right? So give us a little bit of your background, Chris. Tell us what uh, how you know what how'd you get into a home into home inspection? You know a little bit about the qualifications. Tell us a little bit about being a home inspector. And, sure. and also, what is a home inspector too? Right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I kind of guess it goes all the way back to when I bought my first house as a as a young 30-something by myself, and I kind of followed the home inspection person around around my house just because I was curious what they do and how they do it, and and just kind of in the back of my mind, I'd always taken an interest in that, um, but I went the IT route, so I, I working for the man, so to speak. And um, then when all of a sudden I realized I was going to have two kids in college at the same time and I probably should bring in a little extra money, um, decided to do this. And so I went and got certified and did all the normal things you have to do to to start a real legitimate business and got all the legal uh, pieces of it in, in place. And after I got certified, I actually went around to um, a lot of my friends and neighbors um, to do free home inspections just so that I could um, come up with a process that I was comfortable with um, and get my confidence up before I actually went to a real paying customer. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So so you did some – so you developed process, as they say. You developed business process uh, before you actually got paid for it. 
That's right. I mean, uh, here's the thing. You, there's a lot of things to consider when you're doing an inspection on a property. And in my opinion, if you don't have a a process in place, you're probably going to walk away and miss something. So I'm very methodical in how I approach it. Literally, from when I get my when I put my foot outside the truck, I'm following my process until I leave. Awesome. So explain. So John asked that question. So what is a home inspection, and what do you actually do, and what is the purpose of the home inspection? What are those things? So start with purpose. What's the purpose? Who hires you? Are they buyers or sellers? Are they uh, what? Are, what is the what is the process there? Right. So it's it's both to answer to to put it in one word, but I would say that it's more ninety percent, if not higher, people who are buying houses. They they want to make a good decision because they're getting ready to spend a lot of money, and so they want to make sure that what they're buying. Um, is is in good shape and everything works and there are no safety problems or uh, major you know things that are going to cause them to spend a lot of money down the road and then you know the other 10 percent or so the people hire me because they're going to put their house on the market Um, but when people call me for a pre-listing inspection um, i give them a choice i said i I can do a pre-listing inspection which is basically uh, uh, about a two-hour walk through with the 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 seller, um, with no written report, they take notes. And what I do is I point out the things that, uh, a home inspector should find. Um, but I give them a choice. They can either do that, which is significantly cheaper than a full inspection, or they can go ahead and do a full inspection. Awesome. Mm, Nice. So just on a full inspection, how many, just, uh, I mean, you cover everything in the house. Is that correct? Do you do property also? Tell us a little bit about what the home inspect, like, like, does it start at the street or does it start at the door of the house? Yeah. So, well, that kind of goes into my process. So, so the first thing I do is I walk completely around the house. I look at the lay of the land. Um, I look at the driveway. I, and, 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 I imagine what rainwater would do if it was raining by looking at the the roof lines, the all the hips and valleys on the roof and where's all that water funneled. And then what does that water do once it reaches the ground? Does it stay next to the house um, or is it funneled away? You know, those kinds of things. So it literally starts the minute you get out of the truck. And then, of course, I'm looking at um, – the actual components of the house. What is the, what are the exterior, the cladding? Is it brick? Is it siding? Is it, um, does it have rotten wood around the windows and so forth? So you look at what, and so that is part of my process. So I look at the exterior first. Um, then when I move to the inside, I start with the attic and then work my way down to the basement or the cross space, whatever they have. Hey, Chris, uh, what um it, but is there some things that are not that you do not that you don't look at i mean yeah, it, yeah. it's not that you don't want to but it's just kind of out of your scope yeah absolutely so for instance a pool or a hot mm-hmm. tub or um a dock if it's a lake house um you know i will go in and look at the components of uh, of an electrical panel um, but beyond the panel and beyond the things that I can see, those are, those are beyond my scope. Um, I can only look at, I can only tell you about the things that I see, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so no, no pools, no spas, no, um, steam rooms, 
uh, things like that. What if uh, somebody has a septic system and things like that? Is that somebody different or is that you? Well, I'll certainly point out the fact that they have it mm-hmm. um, and that they need to, before they get the house, uh, before they buy the house, rather, they need to know when it was last inspected. Um, so if it has not been inspected um, or serviced within the last couple of years, um, I always, always tell my clients to either have that done or get the paperwork from the last time it was done. Yeah, and that's on septic. Do you do anything with sewer? No, I don't. Okay. But I, so my report will tell you whether you're on septic or sewer, but it doesn't go much further than that. Okay. Yeah. Are, are there other things like that that so we in our world in the home in the handyman world we call those like major systems, right? So there's the septic mm-hmm. system, there's the HVAC system, there right. is the electrical system. Do you check? Are you in depth on those systems or not? Like, do you actually put gauges on the HVAC system or not? I do not, but what I do is I run both the heat and air. Um, I'll take the temperature readings, and there's an acceptable level of difference between your um, baseline and the coldest point you can record and the baseline between the hottest point you can record. So things like that can be good indicators on whether or not a system sure. is, is doing uh, doing its job or yeah, not. And, of course, properly. look at the date. I'll give them the exact mm-hmm. age of the systems and – there's always an average life expectancy with your systems. So that's basically what I'm telling the customer. Yeah, and we and we do the same thing, actually. It's kind of funny you talk about average ages. Like, we, we get into things where people come in and, you know, I know I have anyway, and I know John's had some of the same thing. But somebody will come in and say, can you fix my dryer? And I look at it and I go, uh, it's 15 years old. Yes, I might be able to fix it, but it's, uh, you know, it's just you're, you're, you might as well just replace it because it's probably going to yeah. cost more to, re- to fix it. And then the next thing's going to break and just it's time to move on. So, yeah, Chris, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was I'm sorry. I was just going to say, do you, you know, um, just just from a handyman's perspective, you know, have, are you recording like the the, the type of uh, appliances and the age of those appliances? Um Absolutely. So, so on an HVAC, for instance, I'll give them model number, serial number, the manufacturer, um, the age, uh, the the you know the the BTUs, all those all that good information, and then obviously I'm going to tell them that where the age lies in relation to their average life expectancy because, you know, I, what I tell people if I find something that is um, well beyond the life expectancy. I don't tell them they need to replace it. I would never tell somebody to replace it. What I would tell them is to budget for a new one because it's a good possibility you'd have to replace it in the near future. Yeah, well, that's because you see it in a different light than we do because they're calling us to fix it usually. <laughs> At least that's yeah. been my experience, you know. Yeah, that's why I was kind of asking that. So. Um, I guess, you know, so you're going through the house. Uh, you're describing looking at all these systems and things. Is there some um, – is there some real showstoppers that you that you see um, or what those might be? You know, like this is absolutely has to be has to be fixed before anything, you know, um, further goes through with any transactions. Yeah, I guess you know, that, that might be tell us your process and or do you have a reporting system that shows different levels of, of concern, I guess I want to say? Well, I do have a, a reporting system, um, but but as as far as showstoppers go, I think one of the biggest ones here in the Atlanta area, if I'm doing a house in the that was built in the around the 80s, you know, a little bit before, a little bit after, I'm still running into polybutylene pipes, um, and in some cases, I've seen 
where, you know, things I, I literally see active leaks with polybutylene pipes. But if I see that, that is that's a huge red flag. And that's something that um, they need to negotiate. So just a quick aside for our listeners that don't know what polybutylene pipe is, at least here in the greater Atlanta area, for, probably in the late 80s and some into mm-hmm. the early 90s, they installed this pipe called poly, polybutylene pipe. It had a, or it has a failure rate that's incredibly high, and most of the time it bursts. And when it bursts, it tends to flood houses or flood your yard, depending. A lot of it was run for service lines into the house. Uh, we would call it highly problematic, I guess, um, just yeah, so people absolutely. understand. Yeah. So. Yeah. Over time, that pipe gets um, loses less and less of its um, rigidity. I guess you would say it becomes very brittle, and so you combine that that pressure with the brittleness and it's doomed to fail yes so that's yeah so you see polybutylene is there any, are there any other things that are that are like but when you put that you put that on a report right i've seen your report so i know what they look like you have yeah. like if you in your reporting you say you know highly recommended to repair some of your reports have a little safety symbol next to them like this is you know this is a safety concern explain right. that a little bit to our to our listeners yeah, so you have different categories whenever I have a concern. So it could be a very minor thing where it literally just needs somebody with a screwdriver to tighten something, for instance. Or it could be a safety concern where, um, and I saw this recently, where uh, this is a very DIY deck on the back of a house. They didn't have any um, any railings on the stairs. And that would that would have the, the safety, the red cross, like you said, Larry. Yep. Um, and then other things, it's just maintenance, um, where you have peeling paint. Not that I go around looking for cosmetic issues, but if you have enough peeling paint and then your bare wood is is out there next to the elements, then then obviously mm-hmm. that's an issue. Um, the other red flags, though, is when you see, uh, you know, big cracks in retaining walls or foundations or or the concrete slabs. I've seen concrete slabs with big, wide cracks where you can tell the water's been in and things like that. Oh, are you saying sinkholes? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Not quite. (laughs) Almost. Well, it's it's funny that you talk a lot about maintenance because here, you know, John, both John and I are big on maintenance and on keeping houses up. Because John, what's one of our biggest areas of work that we do? And it it goes yeah, to the paint, a, right? It goes to paint. That would be that would be wood rot. Wood rot. Yeah. Yep. And. and- it's, Go ahead. It goes on and on and on. Yeah, we yeah. we always kind of laugh. It's like, gee, you know, if you had taken care of this twenty years ago, you wouldn't have this problem right now. Or if you had actually been taking care of it on a regular basis, you wouldn't have this problem right now. But if, you're gonna. If I'm expecting a house that's over ten years old, I expect to see some wood rot somewhere. It's just sure. Way. Yeah. So we have determined, though, that this is largely a – we believe this to be a, a, an issue in the southeast more than elsewhere. I don't see this when I go out west, and I, and I grew up in the northeast, and I, we rarely had wood rot in the northeast. Very, very rare. Here, it's everywhere. Everywhere. Wow. Right. Crazy. Right. So. Well, you know, you've heard the old saying, eventually water always wins, and it's really it's, – so, it's so true here in the south. Um, and, uh, and, and another showstopper, if you will, John, that you were talking about – is certain types of siding. Um, uh, the the hardwood siding is good. The hardy uh, plank siding, what's made out of cement, is good. But the composite ones are absolute trash. If they're yes. not taken care of, um, they're like a sponge, and yes. they are, they're doomed to fail as well. Yeah, yeah. We we <laughs> I know and John, I, and John I and I do repairs. I had that on my house, and I've been replacing it with hardy plank. 
Yeah. 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 We do so much repair on siding for just that issue. And it's mostly the low boards down towards the bottom where the water splashes on it. And, Correct. Then, and then it doesn't get caulked up underneath it well. But it sometimes makes me think, you know, and this is probably a topic for another show, but we really don't understand why anybody would build with certain products. And yet we see it all the time, all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So, and, and materials, as, as you know, Chris, cause you're kind of handy. We, we, we know you're a pretty handy guy that, you know, materials really aren't the expense. It's the labor to put it up. So you might as well spend the few extra pennies and put up a good product versus a, a poor quality product just to save a dime here and a, and a dime there. So anyway, that's a little yeah. side. That's a little side. So, um, tell, well, so we had, so you've kind of told us about some recent jobs. Tell, do you have a, do you have a funny story or, a, or maybe a horror story from a job either way, just a recent job that you kind of go in and go like, wow, or, or, or you just have a story where, I don't know, you turn a corner and there's a horse standing there in somebody's house or something like that. Is there a story like yeah. that you could tell us? Cause Larry, Larry's got a lot of stories about horses inside, right? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, <laughs> who knows? It, we, John, you know, this, we go into all these houses, right? And you walk into these houses and you don't really yeah. know the people, you know, and you don't know what to expect. It and, is, and it's, it it's, is crazy. Sometimes it's crazy. And so we, we know you have similar experiences cause you go into all these different people's houses all the time and do the same thing. You know, I'll give you, I'll give you a short one and Chris, you'll kind of appreciate this. So we were doing a bathroom dem- demo the other day. Right. And I flipped, we're, we're ripping out a, a house built this um this uh, uh bathroom was built in 1960 the house was built in 1960 and it's all poured concrete and lath right anyway we pull the lath up from the floor and there in the bottom of the floor in the concrete is a pack of lucky strikes and all i said to the guy i was with is <laughs> some things never change even back in the 50s these guys were throwing their trash inside people's houses you know and yeah. <laughs> i was just like what the heck right so uh, tell us a story tell, it doesn't have to be funny but just some kind of story like that i know you've got one you've got to have at least one we've got dozens of them so no i haven't yet run into any horses and houses uh, <laughs> but, but i do i mean some something you know i'm just constantly amazed sometimes at at the condition of the houses when i go inside of them they look great from the outside and the minute you walk in you realize that these people um the ones that are selling i should say they 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 just don't keep their houses up they're they're sometimes they're filthy sometimes just everything is broken but i did do this one house if you know where big canoe is yes um so i'm in big canoe and i kind of have to set the setting here um to to for you to understand this but it was here in atlanta you know you can and and away from big canoe where the elevation is a little bit lower you can have a nice sunny day but then a minute you go up the side of the mountain there in big canoe um, it can be a totally different climate, it seems like. And so I go, I pull up to this house. It was a sunny day when I left my house. And I pull up to this house to do the inspection. And I was already pre-warned that this house was in a, a less than desirable state, you should say. And there's this constant 25-mile-an-hour wind blowing the clouds through. So we're up high <laughs> in the mountain. And I look at the house, and the all the windows are open. Um and it just kind of looks like it's been in shambles. And the first thing I do is when I go in the door, the door will only open about two feet because the hardwoods have buckled. Um, when I finally get my way into this house, and first of all, you have to know, Big Canoe is a nice community. It's gated. The houses are really nice. It's uh, You would not – I will only expect to see really good things in Big Canoe. 
It's like the and Adams the, family there. <laughs> well, you know what? It really was kind of like that. And so when I get into the house and when I walked into the kitchen, um, I felt like maybe I had just missed some squatters by about 30 minutes. Um, the oven was on, uh, there, the, well, I know I hadn't, but the, um, the refrigerator was unplugged, but full of rotting food. Um, there were, you know, two liter bottles on the counter and dishes in the sink. And, um, there were mouse trails on the floor. And when I went from room to room, I I literally, I'm not kidding when, when I say that I thought if I'm ever going to find a body, it's probably going to be in this house. Oh, that sounds like a fun job. Yeah. <laughs> hence, yeah. Um, hence, can, you turned from home inspector to coroner. Exactly. <laughs> it was it was surreal though. Beds were overturned. There were there was mold on surfaces where you wouldn't expect to see it. It was uh, it was it was quite bizarre. Yeah, Whoa. that's a that's an interesting story. Yeah, that's an interesting story. So I, I want to get back. I just wanted to ask one quick question. I wanted I wanted you to actually pitch me on quote pitch me. I, I want to know why. Why should I do a home inspection before I'm buying? So if I'm selling my house, I just want you to tell me why. And, th- and that house actually brings up a whole bunch of things. It sounds right. like was that the seller or the buyer that was doing that one? Do you remember? On which one? The big canoe. The big canoe. Yes, one. that was the person that was going to buy it and probably flip it. Oh, okay. So a flip. Yeah, flip. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he had an idea that that's what it looked like beforehand. But if I'm if I'm going to sell my house, because you said most of your people are buyers, right? So they're buying the house and they want to make sure that it's going. But make the case make the case for doing it before, because John and I we we try to be really proactive. Like we talk a lot about maintenance and stuff. But but tell us like why you, they should have you come in and give and even just that walkthrough. You know, even if it's just the walkthrough portion where you don't give them the full receipt, but tell t- give them the value on that one. You know, what's that worth to somebody? Almost every time somebody calls me to do a pre-listing inspection, they say, I just want a to-do list. I want to know what I can do to make my house present better and possibly sell for more money. And so I'll do a full inspection if people want a full inspection, but I'm always cautious and I tell people whether I'm doing a, you know, the short one with just a walkthrough or the full one with the full written report, I say, please consult somebody, either your agent or somebody in the industry, before you go spend a ton of money, because it's not always very, uh, a necessary thing to do. Um, and so that that's basically that's basically what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, so it's so it's worthwhile. What? What do I want to say? So you, you can get a good ROI on that. John and I, we, we always talk about it, you know, in the real estate side. We, we just see that, you know, number one, like like both of us, neither of us will choose paint colors because, oh, A, you can't ever match anything, and B, I am no decorator, right? So it's like, you know, and I've learned over the years, you know, that guess what? The wife makes the decisions, whatever she says goes, but I'm not, I don't know that I, I you know, I walk, watch people go in on real estate deals and they want to change everything. John has a famous story about the carpets story which john tell that story real quick yeah so yeah we were we were just talking about that and you know my neighbor would change changed out his carpet to sell the house and i asked him i said why are you doing that i mean it doesn't matter you know because it my my theory is that it, it, no matter what you do i'm not gonna like okay <laughs> me being anybody else um and sure enough, they two days later after they put five thousand dollars into it the uh, the new the new owners just threw it out yeah. Um, you know, and I understand that a lot of people want to do some big remodels and things like that to sell their home. Right. Uh, but you know, we talked about this, uh, 
just before the show we can revisit but it's just not a um it's not a necessarily a wise it's not a thing necessary thing and you know yeah. i think you're better off kind of kind of negotiating out and i know chris earlier you, you were talking uh, about you know you're not really looking for aesthetics as much as you know the maintenance issues but they, um, yeah they want to make sure everything works they want yeah. to make sure they're they're, they're not going to put a foot through a floor they're exactly you know their foundation's not going to blow out in the next you know couple of years after they buy their house. So almost everybody that gets a house these days gets a, a one-year warranty on their major systems. Um, but they just want to know that they're not going to have to spend a lot of money, you know, within the next month or two months or, or a year, whatever it is. Right, right. So, And then also, uh, you'll find this interesting. So we did replace the carpet in our house not too long ago. It was, it was enough years had gone by and there was enough wear and we figured out we needed to do that. And we met up with a guy, and he was a nice salesman. And he said he he set the bar right off the right off the bat. He said, "You two need to agree on the color because I'm not a marriage counselor." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. words to the wise. Words to yeah. the wise. And I, I I tell people that they say, "Oh, I'm thinking about remodeling the house." I go, "Are you going to live there?" And they go, "Yeah." And I go. Oh, uh, you're going to have counseling. <laughs> yeah. So, so Chris, I have a question of, um, you know, so you've got a couple of different products that, uh, that you offer was the pre-home and then there's, then there's the, uh, the actual, you know, full, full, full inspection. Right. You know, when you, when you go out on, can maybe you can tell the listeners exactly, you know, what, what, what can they expect? What can somebody expect if they just call you out to do a, the, the, the pre-inspection one to get like kind of the punch list versus the other one, you know, how long well, is it? How, you know, those kind of things. And then a, right. a corollary. So too, this is just an additional question is like, so there's like a, is there a base service? And then do you do like radon testing or are there any auxiliary services that maybe you choose for? And how, what's common in the industry? Cause we, we reach a pretty broad market. So, you know, it, I know in certain areas, like, like state laws are different in different places. And I know you have some experience cause when you get certified, they generally talk to you about the various different state regulations but tell us a little bit about that as well while you're at it sure so the two main services would be like we said the pre-listing inspection and then the full inspection and the pre-listing inspection i just have a set price and it's really more of a conversation more than anything we walk around the house the homeowner's taking notes i'll tell them the age of their systems and i'm and i'm really what i'm looking for is to point out the things that an eventual inspector should find um, so that comes at a much cheaper rate, you know, depending on the size of the house, anywhere from 125 bucks to 150 bucks. But it's just, uh, it's a conversation is what it is. And then the full inspection, I base my price essentially on two things, square footage and the age of the house. Um, you know, you would think that a brand new home would be an easy inspection because there shouldn't be anything to find, right? In theory, that's true. But if it's a 6,000-square-foot home, it's going to take me a little while to get through that. But on average, I would say that um, my houses that I'm inspecting in this area are generally in the 2,500 to 4,000-square-foot range. And and they're, I don't know, they're, you know, 20 years or newer, something like that. Um, so my price range, um, is somewhere around the 350 to 450, depending on some of those factors. Um, but with the, with the full report or with the full inspection, you get a full written report. So, um, that's one of the big differentiators. And then I will, I partner up with a company to do radon. I basically don't make any money off of that. I just pass that cost through, 
Um, and I have another company do that, but I can bill for it. It's 150 bucks. Um, takes a couple of days to do that. Um, as a part of my normal inspection, I will take a drone up and I will give them an aerial view of their house, of their entire property. And then I'll go up a couple of hundred feet, if not higher, and just do a kind of a, a 360 panoramic, uh, video um, that I put on my report as a link so they can go and kind of see and kind of going back to that big canoe, um, uh, that, that example, uh, the, the people wanted to see what's my view going to look like in the wintertime, um, because this was during the summertime with the leaves on the tree. So I took the drone up and I can show them what mountains they're going to see and hillsides and so forth. Um, but I do that. I do the drone work as complimentary service on every full inspection. Um, and of course, if I can't get on the roof because it's too high or too steep or whatever, then I'm very dependent on the drone to go look for uh, the, the, what shape the roof the roof is in. Yeah, is that well, typical in the industry or not? Are I think it's becoming more and more typical. And real estate uh, agents that I talk to um, expect it more and more. And, and I'll tell you guys, one thing that I do not do and I would caution people on is is the value of thermal imaging. Um, anybody can go out there on Amazon and pick up a thermal imaging camera and they range anywhere from 150 bucks to 3000 bucks. And the, the funny thing about that is if somebody tells you that they can give you uh, efficiency information or something like that from a thermal imaging, see if they're certified. Um, because most people think they know what they're looking at on thermal in imaging, but there's a good chance they don't unless they've had classes and they've had some sort of certification in that. That's oh, a good tip. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, and I, I know this just here in Georgia anyway. You can call Georgia Power in, if you have Georgia Power, and they'll do that for you for free because they're going to look at, you know, having you insulate things and things like that. So just, yeah, yeah. You, need, you need to ask around on that one instead of paying for it. So, But that's a great tip. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I get that question every now and then. And basically what I tell people is I'm leaving the thermal imaging to the experts like Georgia Power. Um, and so, no, I do not do that. Hmm. You know, um, you know, like Larry was saying earlier that uh, the, the, the show's all about saving time, money, and aggravation and things. You know, I, I, one of the things is um, what is what is the some of the, the major things that, that people can avoid – um, I don't know if we addressed this earlier, uh, in, in, in home ownership. Yeah. What do you, uh, that, what do that, you, that see you see that, that is, yeah. that is kind of, uh, you know, missed and glossed over, um, you know, cause, cause leave. we'll compare notes is what it boils down right. to. Like we yeah. see, we see a lot of things that we just sort of go, wow, you know, we sort of scratch our heads. What do you see on a regular basis? That's something that's easily avoidable, right? We use wood rot a lot because, the we do a lot of wood rot repair and what we get aggravated with is when a painter comes in and he puts in a layer of, of, of uh, just regular painter's caulk over the top and paints it and the people go oh it's fixed and it's not because a year later it's cracked and it's back into the yeah. rotten wood so what do you see on a regular basis you know what i see on almost every house that is 10 years old or older is i see the original water heater and when you look at the water heater from the outside it looks all nice and shiny um, it's still giving you hot water, so why do anything about it? But if you're over 10 years on a water heater, you're on borrowed time, and if your water heater is in a finished basement, um, watch out. 
watch out. If it's in a garage, um, that's different. You know, who cares if you flood a garage, right? But, you know, the last thing you want to do is uh, come home from vacation and and uh, right. have you know get your socks wet when you walk in the door. Yeah, it's a what, it's, what? it's an interesting question because we we've discussed that we discuss those kinds of things quite often, and we actually are in the process of writing up an anticipated age of of appliances and the water heater being the first one. And most people don't even know that there's actually a maintenance process that you're supposed to do every year, which is drain you know drain the bottom quarter of your tank out and nobody right. does it right nobody right. does it so so i guess the other question um chris is that you know do you when you look at when you look at like laundry rooms it's the hoses going to the washer and you, you know that's the one thing i see all the time that people don't change those hoses out to you know like braided hoses or anything like that they might be those old hoses and those right. things pop a lot they they do and the other thing i look for in a laundry room is what uh, is the vent pipe that's going through the wall for the dryer? If it's a if it's like a B vent that doesn't have any um, any uh, it's like an um, that's not accordion style. If that makes sense. Yes. What you'll see is some people will save money, builders will save money, and they'll put that accordion stuff right in the wall, the corrugated, I should say, right in the wall leading to the outside, and all that is is a lint trap. And um, and a safety hazard because you know that can catch fire, right? Right. Awesome. awesome. Um, John, do we have any other questions? No, I, I don't. Not for this. Uh, not for this segment. Um, you know, Chris, I really appreciate you. Uh, you know, taking the time to uh, spend with us here at the uh, Handyman Pros Radio Show. And so, our last question is, Chris, how can <laughs> people get a hold of you, and what areas do you do your service? Absolutely. And and so thanks for letting me uh, participate. This was fun. I hope to be on again. Um, I have a website. It is uh, www.kennedy-hi.com. Um, I will go just about anywhere around the uh, – if you draw a line around coming, I'll go out pretty far. I've gone down as far as the airport. I go up into the mountains. So um, – I will go wherever the work is. So that's, that's perfect. That's all over perfect. Atlanta, basically, is what you're describing. Because we've got a lot of listeners here in the North Georgia area. So hopefully uh, all you folks will, will ping uh, Chris's website and uh, get Chris out there to give you, some, give you some help. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you letting me be on the show. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, okay. Chris. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed this podcast and have derived some value from it, here's four things you can do. One, tell your friends about this podcast. Two, hit subscribe on your podcast player. While you're there, leave us a review. Three, subscribe to our newsletter by going to handymanprosradioshow.com and click on the subscribe button. We'll inform you of upcoming events, shows, and give you actionable tips for maintaining your home and property. And four, send us an email with your questions to questions at handymanprosradioshow.com. That's handymanprosradioshow.com. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on the Handyman Pros Radio Show. 